Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 189, episode 5 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Friday, June 18th, 2021. Happy birthday to my wife, uh, the love of my life. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I read the news today, oh boy, about shark dicks and Blippi's diarrhea. And cause the news was rather rad, well, I just had to laugh on my second rate podcast. That is courtesy of the official dickhead. And I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. <clears throat> Uh, here we go. Well, now, now, you know I am Miles. I'm well known for my cannabis style. My list of interests goes a while. Maybe because I'm so versatile. Style, shoot foul. I said, Zoomers always take me back when I hear Chuggy Miles. From the L.A. River out to Van Nuys. I'm on all the spots to the very last mile. Okay, now Woo! that I could just keep going. I mean, I can't keep going because the lyrics stopped. But I will stop going because, <laughs> hey, Skippio, you did it. Beastie Boys, Intergalactic. Damn, Fun fact, I saw them shoot that video in Japan when I was when I was a kid. I was there when they were shooting around Shinjuku and Shibuya and stuff. Uh, and I was like, what the fuck are these people doing? And then I realized, oh, that was the Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys. Yeah. That that was dope. Uh, you got to give me the lyrics next time so I can do the hype man thing. On, on that. <laughs> uh, we are thrilled, Miles. Fortunate, blessed to be joined by one of the funniest stand-up comics in the world. <laughs> Wow. Her comedy Central Presents is a classic. Uh, she was voted Portland's funniest comic multiple times. You know her from Last Comic Standing, her own podcast, Who's Your God? And you can see her live again. Check her website for dates. Please welcome Amy Miller. Amy. Hello, this is Jack's wife, and it's my birthday. <laughs> Here's what Happy I birthday, want. sweetie. <laughs> hey, guys. What do, you want? what do you want for your birthday? You have a good birthday. When's your birthday? December 31st, New Year's okay. Eve, baby. So this oh, wow. one, did you have a kind of birthday this time or you think this is this next oh, year, this is the one? No. Well, I had, it was my 40th birthday this last oh, one. Shit. Okay. And my friends made me a Counting Crows video. I mean, all, a bunch of my friends sang Long December and cut it together. <laughs> and I watched, I was alone in a hotel room, but I had a Zoom party. It was weird, but fun. Nice. You know, wow. it's something a... I'm never going to forget for sure. <laughs> right. Did anybody have Adam Durwitz dreads in the video? Okay. Yes. One person did. And I think it was probably not okay because it was a white man. He did like, he, he like, <laughs> he didn't wear them. You know, he did it with a computer. Yeah. That's but hey, then look, they were. You're, you're imitating <laughs> a, the problematic Adam Durwitz. You're, you're honoring the source material. Unless he's like, no, Amy, I've been growing these. Actually. <laughs> they tried to contact him many times because for a birthday message or to be in the video. Because, you know, we're all from the East Bay. So, like, they did oh, have connections shit. they could call in. And then he didn't respond. And then someone was like, oh, he's on Cameo. So we can just pay him 150 Aww. bucks. And so he made a cameo for my 40th, and he said, please stop having your friends contact my dad. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't where... know about any of it. <laughs> so personal. Stop. I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was a weird birthday, but. Is it just because you guys share kind of uh, area of origin, or are you a big Cannon Crows I guess I am a pretty big crow head. Um, also, oh, it was just it was just funny because, yeah, we're all from like we all met in Berkeley where he's from. And, you know, I don't know. It's long December. It's a yeah. classic about I December know. and how things are going to be better next year. Like it was it was just amazing. I'll send you the video. You're going to be I gotta see this. blown away by the effort. <laughs> I mean, I felt very <laughs> loved. That's for sure. So you are the opposite of the ba like those first baby born, like you are the last baby born. Of, yeah, of yeah. Um, I was born at like six a.m., so I don't think my mom could have waited until the new year. Right, but, right. Yeah. <laughs> but where are last... your headlines? You know, where where are the headlines for the six a.m. on 
December 31st babies. I know. I think the headline should be that my mom lived in the East Bay and got a doctor in San Francisco. So I was officially born in San Francisco. Why would you do, why would you plan to cross a bridge when you're in labor? That's what I don't understand. Yeah, what if a, there's traffic? Oh my god. What if there's a I won't even say it. Yeah. If um, I had been born 2 hours later, you know, I would have been born on the bridge. That would be oh, pretty wow. tight. And then they'd that be singing be a different good. song for you. I think that's a Creedence Clearwater <laughs> yeah. song. Born, Born on, the on a Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Another East Bay band. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Amy, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about today. Joe Manchin is possibly coming to the table a little bit, possibly, maybe. Scooting his chair. He's bringing some bullshit to the table with him, but he's coming. <laughs> yeah. He's no coming thanks, to the but, table. Uh, he's scooching. He's scooching yeah. in. Oh, look who decided to come out of their bedroom. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about some of these concerned parents that you see on Fox. They will often be introduced as just a concerned parent who decided to get involved in politics because they were so outraged and maybe not the truth, uh, which is shocking. I know for Fox <laughs> News. We'll talk about the Victoria's Secret Angels. And twins. Uh, on top of that, we will talk about those twins. You can actually get an Airbnb at uh, the dungeon where AT Aliens and uh, Quam and I were recorded. So we'll talk about that. I finally found some compelling UFO debunking material that I will talk about. Yeah, this was a, a podcast that a few people had sent us uh, over the last couple of weeks, I realized. And I'm like, wait, I've seen this. I'm like, right. This is the yeah. one thing everyone was like, listen to this one. Try this one. Yeah, this one, somebody finally gave me the time code, or at least I found the time code. So mm -hmm. appreciate y'all. We're going to get to all of that, plenty more. But first, Amy, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Oh, you know, I've been in Denver too long, as I told you guys, and... um. I did look up green. They're so crazy about their green chili. It's like your state. You have one food. You guys got one food. And so I was looking up recipes for green chili. Um, it seems pretty easy to make. I don't know. Every time I've had it here, it's been kind of bland. So I really don't know what all the buzz is about. But uh, Wait, I'm going to try to make it. Chili? It's like <laughs> they put it like on chili? shit. Like, like. No, oh, it's like, made with well, like tomatillos. Oh, it's like chile verde, basically. Yeah, but oh, okay. it's like I'm like, well, I ain't, I ain't heard Colorado, of that out here. They like lay claim to it, which is really weird because you know of Mexico. Um, and <laughs> they put it on everything: fries and sandwiches and pasta. Got it, got it. It's like, yeah, it's their food. So I just looked it up, and it was really underwhelming, the recipe itself. So I don't know. It's fine. I'm I saying wonder, it's fine. Yeah, Zeit Gang, if you know, is is there a difference between Colorado green chili and, like, what I know is just chile verde? Like, I think that in Colorado it's bland. Right. They right. had to, like, gringo-fy it a little um, bit. <laughs> they don't use any <laughs> salt or <herbs>. spice. <laughs> <laughs> green ketchup. <laughs> it's like a good food, but without salt. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't even realize they had like a thing that they were. Yeah. They were oh, about. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because like green chilies, I think too. of like New Mexico. Right, right, right. That's where like I think of it being like a thing. But yeah. Okay, Colorado. Okay. They needed something before they were America's Amsterdam, you know? So they, this was something that they could put, yeah. put on their resume. It's Man, true. They only dogs. do green stuff. They only, right. They're only <laughs> known right. for green things. <laughs> yeah. What else have you been doing while you while you're in Denver? Anything? Anything? Oh, uh, just a lot of comedy, pretty much. It's like 104 degrees. So. Oh shit! Oh, there too, huh? Yeah, typically I would be out. You know, I'll go to the zoo or something, make the right. most of my time on the road. But no, I'm staying in. Yeah. It's too hot. Oh, I did go to a Rockies game. That was really fun. Yeah, so cool. I went to a Dodger game recently. Getting a, a baseball game's nice. Uh, like. Just feels like good, safe, and easy fun. Yeah, uh, that like gets Rockies you back into some things. Super cheap. There, I mean, even post pandemic, they're like seven dollars to go see the Rockies. So right. it was I, super fun. I had a hot dog with green Rockies, chili on it. Rocky dog. No, but I bet you they would do it. Yeah, I bet right? you. <laughs> do you see any dingers? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah? We saw oh, yeah? two. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, they were playing the Padres, so I can't remember who. It wasn't Machado, but 
Yeah, it, no, it was a really great game. That's cool. Nice to be back out. Yeah. yeah. That's the first interesting fact I've ever heard about golf. My friends were texting each other about how much they like mountain golf. And I assumed that was just like I something Slime. boring. But apparently you can hit it like twice as far like oh, when you're air. golfing in the mountains because the air being thin. Yeah, that's why uh, when Hideo Nomo threw a no-hitter against the Rockies, it was really impressive because that stadium really favors uh, the offensive play. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the balls carry for sure. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I remember that, but just to bring it back to Hideo Nomo, I, I made my mom <laughs> let me miss school the next day to celebrate the historical moment the Japanese got through the no-hitter. So, yeah. <laughs> Important. Uh, <laughs> I would just find ways to be like, yo, I can't. We can't go to school today. Like, not after that, mom. Like, I no can't do this day. now. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, we got to honor this. She's like, fine, fool. Like, just. <laughs> oh, she really let you stay home? Yeah, yeah. She's just oh, like, I'll just dope. say you're sick. But I told my friends, like, nah, fool, because no more through that, no hitter, fool. You sick with pride, mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sick, sick with it. Yeah, my my dad used to let me stay home from school for the uh, first two days of the NCAA tournament. Oh, wow. See, we all got little most, weird yeah. ways that we, uh, you know, disenfranchise our children from getting in. <laughs> I didn't really ask. I just didn't go. <laughs> Nobody seemed to care. What? Uh, what's something you think is overrated? Roasts. Comedy roasts. Tired oh, wow, of them. Yeah. I did a show the other night in Colorado that was like had a roast element. But like I had headphones on and then people said mean things about me. I don't know what they said. I'm just tired of oh. roasting. So <laughs> like, it was just like, hey, don't face your tormentors and you don't know why everyone's laughing at you? Pretty much, yeah. I offered someone in the crowd 20 bucks cash to tell me the meanest things that they said. But I'm just like, listen, like it's a good it's a good um, vehicle for writing jokes and I do like that. But I'm just tired of, tired of roast culture. I want to get down with nice comedy. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet stuff, sweetheart comedy. I think it's harder. I think it's because I think so much of our comedy was just about being like cleverly mean early on, which is why I think a lot of like mean comedy, like, what's happening now? This used to kill. And it's like, well, that's because you were just like the cleverest bull, like verbal bully, and you can articulate a lot of things like that. But on top of it all, it's very toxic. Yeah, I feel like the nice stuff's hard. Kyle Ayers show with the compliment roast, those are always really fun. Yeah, you so still funny. write jokes and uh, it's competitive and you feel so nice after. Yeah. I think it's a good exercise, right? To think of how can I make being so kind actually just as funny as like the traditional thing of like, let me point out what's different about this asshole. <laughs> Absolutely. What? Tired of it. I feel like that. So you were sitting on stage with headphones on. While, and a blindfold. And a blindfold. Oh, wow. The blindfold adds an extra element of. I guess that's less like a firing cool. squad or something. Yeah, and they, yeah, and they were playing the band Static X in my ears. It was oh, really fuck. horrific. Wow, you couldn't <laughs> even choose your own. That's terrible. <laughs> I was gonna ask, like, what were they playing to try and blast out the sounds? And it's it's Static X. Good to know. Yeah, it was weird. I feel like that is like a night, like a actual nightmare that somebody had, <laughs> and was like, I have to make this real for a, a comedian. Um, yeah, the nightmare is I flew to Colorado to have my good friends say mean things about me. Right. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They're still going strong, though. You know, nice. Comedy Central's still heavily committed to roast culture. Yeah. Yeah. Over leveraged, I'd say. I think they're a little over leveraged. They're, they're upside down on the roast culture. It's funny, too, like when you see, like, I've seen reality shows or, like, like on a, you know, the format of shows, there's like a bunch of people in a house, like without TV. So they have to resort to doing their own like entertainment. I'll see them do like, we're going to do a roast tonight. And then you see the amateur version of it. And you're like, oh my God, like this is actually, you guys are just, just like very hostily uh, insulting <laughs> each other. And then oh, yeah. some people are laughing like, oh, they don't get what it is. And I'm like, that's why, right. yeah, maybe roast culture. Yeah, they roast on. They try to roast on Drag Race sometimes, and it's always really funny that some uh, some unfunny queen like couldn't write jokes, and then she just calls RuPaul old and irrelevant, and then RuPaul's like, mm, "Sashay away." Yeah, you're like, "Hey, you fucking fracker, motherfucker!" I oh, know. Please. No one mentions the fracking. That's yeah, for yeah. sure. That's fracking's <laughs> off the table. They'll be like, "I got to edit so it know, out." If you yeah. say the f word on this show, we'll get canceled. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, fuck? No, fracking. Fracking. <laughs> you can say fuck all you want. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, something you think is underrated, Amy? Pot roasts. Delicious. Uh, hey, keeping wow. on the roast coin. I okay. mean, yeah, roast and roast. I feel like there's all these sort of classic foods that we put in this category of like, oh, this is like a 60s housewife food or whatever. But like a pot roast is so good. Put veggies in there. Slow cook it. I mean, you're eating for a week. It's oh, yeah. delicious. Heavily support pot roast culture. Yeah, don't throw that in there with like dry meatloaf and fucking jello molds with ambrosia like shrimp salad. In it. Yeah, ambrosia <laughs> salad. <laughs> That's those pot roasts are delicious. Yeah. yeah, so good. And the thing is, though, people don't realize too. A lot of times, you you might go in the store and be like that big ass hunk of meat's probably like nine hundred dollars. Man, chuck roast is cheap, and so when mm-hmm. it's on special. I buy the fuck out of it for the same reason to just slow cook it because, yeah, it's a tougher cut, but there's a lot of connective tissue in it, too, that when you cook it down over time, it, like, makes whatever you're making have a little more of this, like, meat quality to it. Yeah. So I get I get behind that. One. It's the tendons. The tendons yeah. make it all soft and moist. Oh, yeah. I make uh, my Guinness stew with a uh, chuck roast. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. A little uh, pressure cooker. That shit is nah, no, like pre- no, nah, just old school, baby. Right, low and but slow. For people who are bad at cooking, like me, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The pressure cooker is like a that shit with the paper yeah, it's cooker. like a fucking magic trick. It's like holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> I still don't have one, but for the amount of like canned beans I eat, I feel like I owe it to myself to just get a like a pressure cooker so I can just make my own black beans. You're a big bean boy. Oh, you know I'm a BBB. <laughs> Big bean boy, big baller brand. Uh, yeah, I love beans. You gotta make your own beans. I always buy dry beans. Put them in the Instapot. See, and that's what. See, that's what. I'll, how long does it take? I mean, not a couple hours. Oh, people uh, should know that you uh, could do it in thirty, forty minutes. Right, though. right. Amy and I can see it, but uh, for the listeners, Miles is recording this over a trash can fire with a can of baked yep, beans, beans. Uh, that he's eating just out of the can. And I got these um, cuts on the corner of my mouth because I don't take the lid off all the way, so I right. on the side because I just sip them out the can. Oh, it was man. nice to hear trash can fire in its literal meeting. You know, yeah. Yeah. just like I'm tired of dumpster fire, tra- like trash fire in general. Yeah, like yeah. In the, you know, on Twitter, whatever. Right. That yeah. was nice. I really <laughs> painted a picture. <laughs> also, get a bad name. A little nice little trash can fire down by the tracks. Yep. <laughs> Get your oil drums out, folks. Another Credence Clearwater song that I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, uh, ooh, ooh, it's trash can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about Joe Manchin more. Yay. And we're back. And Joe Manchin is a senator, a Democratic senator, apparently. What is the Democratic in name only? Would that be a dino? I guess it would be a dino. Yeah. This is fitting, I think, for most Democrats in general. Yeah. Dinosaurs who are all millionaires. (laughs) Right. I think, like, what is it, 50% of Congress is millionaires? Think about that. Anyway, Joe Manchin, yes. He's been one of the people, along with uh, Christian Cinema from Arizona, to really drag his feet and hold up a ton of legislation that could occur. And I'm sure it's that, you know, it must be nice for Joe Biden to use that as an excuse too, to be like, well, I can't do anything because of Joe Manchin. But now he's beginning to change his stance a little bit on voting rights and the filibuster. Not in a way that I would say, hooray, Joe Manchin <laughs> has come to the table. More like, oh, this dude is trying to. F- Okay, Joe Manchin, what is this exactly? He introduced a compromise bill that he said he could vote for because a lot of people are like, why don't you vote for the For the People Act? Like the thing that, you know, would help keep our votes safe and, you know, do or at least protect us from all the fuckery we see in a lot of Republican controlled states where they're essentially just trying to be like, dude, votes don't count unless you're like white and you're voting for a Republican. And even if you guys do vote and win, we'll find a way to just overturn it. So he does. He wasn't supporting that version because there weren't enough Republicans supporting. Now he has his new bill, which has things like mandates for early voting, like automatic voter registration when people turn 18. And I think most importantly, a ban on partisan gerrymandering. 
because a lot of shit is born out of like just like this really crude uh, gerrymandering that is going on in many states, actually all states. So the other thing is he he opposes, though, things like the ability to have like a no excuse absentee vote, like just to be like, no, I don't need an excuse. I just want to vote absentee. And he's also just watering down other a ton of other things. And while Stacey Abrams supports it, a lot of people are like, there's this is fucking bullshit dude like you suck this is there's still the like voting id shit right isn't that yeah. like he's like still trying to push for voting id laws the difference which... being it would be slightly less draconian in the types of id that would now be accepted okay so but still obviously like i mean in general you have to prove who you are when you vote but rather than making like it has to be this kind of id or blah 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 you can't take this that's loosening somewhat but at the end of the day if you're not you know, philosophically, if you can't offer the people the IDs that they need and it's not free or like a very easy process, then we're getting into a poll tax territory because you're right. essentially saying like, oh, you got to pay to to do this or whatever. So, yeah, it's uh, it's far from perfect. And, and Abrams supports the compromise because it's what she wants or because she thinks it has a better chance of passing. I I don't know. That's the other hard part is that what are the chances of passing? Because even with this, it's going to need 10 Republicans to get over yeah. the line. And unless right. the, and because the fucking filibuster, that's it's only making things more complicated, which brings us to this other thing is that he said he's open to changing some of the rules around the filibuster, not doing away with it completely. But even then, I don't know, you know, what who's in his head. Clearly, he's he's getting pressure from like every fucking dimension and angle possible. So it's hard to know like what where he's actually at with this. But yeah, I think Stacey Abrams is saying, I think looking at things like the gerrymandering being gone, like, well, that's a pretty significant thing to be taken mm -hmm. out. But then the voter ID shit is just kind of like the like, let's like it. There's not a voter fraud problem. There's no there's just not like there. We, we have the evidence that that's not a problem. This only serves to disenfranchise. Like young people, poor people, and in my case, the disorganized and lazy who mm -hmm. like will not go out and get real the specific ID. idea. ID, yeah, fuck that. I'm like, fuck it. I'll take my passport everywhere now. <laughs> I right. have the real ID. I know. I was so glad when it got extended. What was a it great extended? pandemic we had. <laughs> well, no, because it was supposed to be October, I think, right? this October, yeah. and now it's next year. So we oh, have some more time God. to get those real IDs, folks. Oh, thank you. Three months, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, that actually just made me anxious. But maybe. <laughs> That's what I like to do here. <laughs> there on we your go. Show. I mean, sweat. maybe if like he gets this, gets enough support and then like I have no hope that this is going to actually get Republican support, but maybe no. this will help. Get gerrymandering. It's gonna ban partisan gerrymandering. The Republicans gonna fucking side. They're like, that's the only. That's their lifeblood. But if he's showing his hand of like, okay, this is what I'm for, and he sees that the Republicans are just straight up like block obstructionist, then maybe he'll kind of come come around a little bit. I mean, this is like all thinking twenty steps down the line, and who the fuck knows what's going to yeah. happen. I mean, and to, to what Stacey Abrams specifically said, she said, "What Senator Manchin? This is a direct quote. Quote: What Senator Manchin is putting forward are some basic building blocks that we need to ensure that democracy is accessible, no matter your geography. And then that the tenets of the proposal were quote strong ones that will create a level playing field, will create standards that do not vary from state to state, and I think will ensure that every American has improved access to the right to vote. I think you know." activists and other people who are looking at the original legislation would be like, can't we get this version? But I don't know. I mean, like we may very well be in a place where there's not much else can be done. Hooray. Right. But yeah, I guess that's my question is like w this bill, would it make things better from where we are right now? Like yeah. in some instances it would make it better. And in some, it would be like stricter voting ID laws. Where like the things in this bill are are definitely going to be a difference in what the laws that we have on the books now for sure. Okay. So like yes, I think on some level, if you're like a Democrat who's counting votes, your your mentality is don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, et cetera. But you know, I think when you look at just sort of how severe and how intense the campaign is on the right to disenfranchise voters, it's almost like I feel like we should be firing back harder than this. But yeah. It, 
That's why I'm a podcaster who left politics. <laughs> Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the not completely disastrous, is what right. I'm always like, telling my wife. But we're dying. Yeah. Like, come on. It's, it's a start. It's also like a, a buttering up of Mansion, right? Like, it probably won't pass, but if it did, it's like, oh, I mean, he's clearly power hungry. Like, he loves to be in this pivotal position. Right. And, uh, you know, this is something that if it got, if it passed, it would be like, see, buddy? Yeah. See, you, go, you got your little thing. Hey. But the you know, Koch brothers can... are yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'll is, protect you. Is it, wasn't there something where he was making noise about, like, possibly getting this to get people to come around on the January 6th, like, lo- looking into what actually happened? On that I, mean, I haven't actually even read about that because every time I read it's so depressing when it's like Capitol Police <laughs> being like, that coward Republican wouldn't shake my hand and I protected him on January 6th. Oh God. And you're like, this is a whole big, yeah. Look, man, if it's an omni-crisis constantly in this country. Hmm. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the concerned parents and teachers on Fox News. Yeah, the, this probably shouldn't surprise people, but given the right's new obsession with critical race theory, it's it turns out that some of the, quote, parents and teachers who are most alarmed about the possibility of critical race theory are just actually like right wing activists. Straight up out of the fucking goblin swamp, putting on a disguise that's not even a disguise. It's just a different lower third (laughs) to be like, I am concerned parent. There's like we talked about how critical race theory has been just completely all over the place on right wing media. Fifteen hundred mentions since March. There's this one guest who appears a lot. His name's Ian Pryor. And whenever they they have him on as like a guest, they're like, this is a Loudoun County parent who has gone from concerned parent like many of you to legal activist. Oh. And they're like and he's like, oh, my God, you know, like I'm just a parent. And then, you know, I saw how bad this critical race theory stuff was and I had to get involved. Here's the thing. The Daily Beast just sort of kind of did a very basic analysis of just like Googling these people. (laughs) And (laughs) Ian Pryor, first of all, has been on Fox like dozens of times just before, like the before the uh, uh, critical race theory hysteria. Just as an unconcerned parent or what was he doing? Well, here's the deal. (laughs) Happy parent, Ian Pryor. He he did launch a pack opposing critical race theory, but he's also an ex-spokesperson at the Department of Justice. And has also worked for very many high profile Republican groups. So this is a guy who's straight out of this. Like, yeah, he's an operative. This is he's. Yeah, we know. We see you. Yeah. And one more is this concerned teacher uh, where they're just like, oh, look at this teacher says, quote, one of the teachers who was at that school board meeting. Like, that's how they introduced this one guest, because, you know, all their footages of people being like, this is this is crazy. My kid is gonna learn bad stuff and it will make it will harm him that person is Lilith venetian who is actually affiliated with a pro-trump political group as we all know or charlie turning kirk's favorite usa turning point usa also yeah. runs a teachers for trump social media group mm. and has worked as a reporter for an outlet right side broadcasting network who you've probably seen on youtube where they do like non-news that's another person who goes on to kick and scream about. Is this person history. still teaching? Like this all sounds like the biggest conflict of interest I've ever heard. Like, I can't imagine they are right. It's like it's almost like once you teach, then you can go parading around on TV saying you're a teacher. You know, like where people in their mind, it's like irrelevant if they're actually teaching, and they're like, "This person's a teacher." They're like, "Yeah, I've I've been ousted from many districts about five years ago, but now I just sort of use this title to help bolster right wing talking points." So she was not a teacher in Loudoun County schools. I don't know specifically if she was, but that's just that's that's why it's so insidious, because the description, one of the teachers who was at that school board meeting, you could be a teacher from fucking any town USA, but you were at that meeting. And then I guess that still holds when you're saying that's one of the teachers at that meeting. Yeah. And I mean, both sides are very guilty of like being selective when it comes to their like the talking heads they bring on. We talked about how we had sort of a warped view of how likely it was that Mueller was going to like lead Trump out of the White House in handcuffs because they had all prosecutors on and no defense attorneys who were like, actually, this isn't like the stuff that everybody's freaking out about 
is not as damning as y'all think it is. But to actually like fully just like fabricate uh, talking heads is pretty, pretty whack and bad faith. Yeah. It's interesting that it's so much more effective. Like, what I don't, I mean, I don't have kids, but I don't feel like just because someone else also has children that they're now an expert on whatever <laughs> I think keeping my kids safe means in this right. case. Yeah. Teaching them the truth about American history. <laughs> and then on yeah. top of that, Critical race theory, I think that's the other thing that the whole conversation gets hijacked, is that it's not even taught in elementary schools. This concept of critical race theory, again, graduate level at the university level. That's where this kind of actual academic discipline is where someone in, you know, in school is going to intersect with this. Not because... Again, they're not teaching it to to like kindergartners. Although in Texas, I think they're just funny though. Yeah, and in Texas, though, I think they're they've just Abbott is now signing a bill that will ban like discussion about race or something. Like teachers can't talk about it. So I mean, I went to Christian school, so I was like learning the Bible in kindergarten, which is a way crazier thing to teach a little kid. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely, but Jack, right. like you have kids, do you just uh, are you like, well, that guy's a parent too, so I'm gonna listen to him. Like, I no, only like trust everybody. people who have kids. Everybody else, uh, <laughs> totally childless demons. <laughs> I'm fully aware, and I went into parenting fully aware that parenting gives you a form of temporary like insanity. That that's why we all. That's why like ad executives like they target 18 to 34 because 35 is the average age of americans that have kids it's like they're like after that you're just like the can't talk we to can't, tr- can't reach yeah them. can't really t- <laughs> respect anything that you have to say so i actually trust people who have kids less because i think they're just we're inherently biased Distracted. by right. like whatever happens to be going on with our kids so but i think i'm somewhat unique in that oh. I also okay. want to see the papers on that uh on that guy's kids. I want I yeah. Or I want to see the like 3 years of planning they they got for like they're like we need somebody to procreate with this activist. Hurry oh up. god, right. The Coke <laughs> network network finds like some person willing to carry their child. Yes. Like, and you will procreate with this person that will give you the cover for our 15-year <laughs> critical race theory campaign. All right, let's talk about what we're all really thinking about, and that is when are we going to get to see the Victoria's Secret Angels again, baby? Never. What? Never. You'll never Why? see them again. Why? Are they banned? They Look, Victoria's Secret, I think they got the message because their business has been like declining for years that, you know, they're they've they've altered their marketing and they've ditched the Angels and they're replacing them with the VS Collective. And this right. collective isn't a group of, you know, cis women with impossible proportions. This is a, you know, uh, a diverse group, including soccer star Megan Rapino, actress Priyanka Chopra, South Sudanese Australian runway model Adut Akech, a pardon me if I mispronounced the name, Amanda Decadene of The Conversation, skier Eileen Gu, plus size model Paloma El Cesar, and trans model Valentina Sampaio. And yeah, this, they're just trying to get away from this other thing. They That's can't call also, them I angels? Mean, you guys probably don't, don't know this, but I, I think their business also has been declining because their underwear falls apart. Like, everything is <laughs> right. useless once you put yeah. it, wear it one time on your body. Like, it's not a good product, and it's it feels very dated, you know, like Victoria's Secret is such a like 90s situation. Right. I mean, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think so. Their main demographic just grew up like it's me. You know, it's like 40 year old women who are like, remember the need... 90s when you're hyper sexualized? Where will you <laughs> yeah. go now? It's like, I don't know. I fucking woke up out of that haze and realized what the world was. Just soaking myself in their like hair lotion and (laughs) wearing bras that didn't hold up literally anything yeah and didn't fit and they're overpriced yeah Yeah. that pair lotion just gave me such a sense memory (laughs) oh Oh, i mean yeah when jack used to slather himself in it yeah well it was from when i was you know 12 13 uh, so you, you that can fill and in the uh, what was it? Garn, uh, not fruit, herbal essences shampoo. I mean, oh, you had yeah, the yeah. whole scent kit going. You're like, 
That's our essences with warm <sighs> vanilla sugar from Bath and Body Works. Yeah, um, it's like your hair is not clean if you're not having an orgasm in the shower. Right, right. everybody. Which, which is what makes this like sort of like aside from this departure from the you know the impossible mo- uh, angels model that they had going. You know, it's it's the outrage that this is obviously caused from where else conservative media about what this all means to have. Uh, to to leave the over-sexualized waters of uh, 90s and 80s marketing for something that is a little more inclusive. And there's this guy at the Federalist who, it just shows you again, it reinforces this conservative worldview of like what this sort of very gender normative, heteronormative, like male-female dynamic is. Quote, it was less than 20 years ago that a series of beer commercials featured two busty blonde sisters, Diane and Elaine Klimazuski, The two were branded as the Coors Light Twins and became controversial in the 2004 Colorado Senate Republican campaign of Pete Coors, then the chairman of the brewing company. Goes on to say, at the time, it was a scandal for a conservative politician to endorse the ads in what used to be a red state. Now it's conservatives mocking Victoria's Secret's abandonment of the busty blonde stereotype as a perfectly legitimate source of sexual attraction as the progressive (laughs) movement seeks to eliminate gender differences altogether. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, that's clearly what they're doing. Do you know what Victoria's Secret is? Like, first of all, like, because it's not a strip club. (laughs) You know what I mean? They sell underwear for people. It's not a... But again, I think this shows like the the brainwashing of marketing that occurs too, where even this man is like, what the heck's going on? This, what, what's, what happened to just be getting off to busty blonde women? I don't get where the fucking earth has gone. He goes on to say, quote, the, rever- the roles now appear reversed. It's liberals who seem to be repulsed by the unapologetic sex appeal of twin blondes at a football game sponsored by a patriotic American beer company. Uh, <laughs> then he goes on to say like, Washington football team and then says formerly the Washington Redskins talks about how they got rid of their cheerleading squad um, and they would probably prefer like the the new squad be transgender minority and overweight quote as a righteous rejection of basic beauty standards demanding viewers (laughs) reject their primal inhibitions. What the fuck is going on? He's been turned down a lot I think for sex and he's what if we I would love if the company came out and was like Okay, so we've never actually told you what Victoria's secret is. And the secret is she is trans. (laughs) She's mixed race. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I knew something was wrong. I knew it this whole time. (laughs) But like this whole thing, too, this idea of like that they're like the rejection of, quote, basic beauty standards. First of all, what the fuck does that mean? Uh, The Coors Light twins couldn't be more basic like yeah. basic in the bad way <laughs> where's my aryan fap material right that's what i'm looking for but this is also thing it's like back to this sort of strip club comparison because it's it is this notion that women are the playthings of men that is fueling this outrage where he's realizing he's like well what gets me off isn't what society is like even trying to market anymore so now he's like what yeah. what's going on what does that mean about my power to say, no, it's got to be big breast blonde women. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, this is the whole conservative thing is they have to create straw men and then act like it's a thing they have to defend. Like they have to defend traditionally attractive blonde women like that. They're being attacked because. Well, God somebody, forbid. Yeah. People have other ideas of how to feel of good beauty. about themselves. Yeah. I mean, also, Priyanka God, Chopra, ugh, you're going to make me look at her? Come on. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who are you? It's uh, it's interesting, too, for conservatives that are like evangelical Christians, because there's not I mean, it's very anti like it's a sin to over sexualize women. I mean, yes, like keep them from power. Of course, the Bible's <laughs> very misogynistic, but like. Yeah, you're not supposed to just see women as sexual beings. So it's right. interesting. Yeah. That, I mean, uh, shockingly hypocritical for conservatives. I can't believe it. Right. And I think that's where you <laughs> see, especially with evangelicals, how quickly they're willing to pivot away from things that you thought were like foundational to their religion in mm-hmm. service of this more like ethno nationalistic paternalistic agenda, which is like 
white man, we're number one. We tell the ladies how to dress. They listen and we're good forever. Let's not do this. I'm sorry. I was using God as cover to make it seem like I wasn't just a toxic shit pile. But yeah, I guess now that my back's against the wall, I will say, you know what? Jesus would have liked the twins, too. (laughs) (laughs) He would have jerked off to that commercial. Jesus was a blonde with big tits. Everybody knows that. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) you imagine wearing a t-shirt with a new version of the crucifixion uh with that version of jesus that would that would sell some he's just stacked (laughs) yeah he's got a huge dong just dangling below his sash (laughs) did he wear a sash i guess it's not or that underwear yeah whatever whatever i guess it's not a loincloth either in my you now you guys know what kind of church I went to. Uh, Jesus was just ripped Very and dressed man. like Tarzan. Like, yeah, <laughs> the Church you know. of Hot Jesus. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he wore he wore had like jewelry on too and shit. He's like, yeah, he was kind of. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back, and there's a possibility, let's say, if you're really quick on the trigger, mm-hmm. that you could stay in the dungeon where Outkast recorded like two of the great rap albums of all time, uh, according to Geriatric Millennials. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just a bunch of shit where TLC's Waterfalls was produced. Organized noise. Yeah. They're, that's where it all started. They, I mean, you remember, Jack, you were, you would be in class out in school and I would just be in the dungeon shooting pool. Yeah. Uh, you know, thinking of the second album, like ES to the PN. I mean, that, the dungeon, if, if you are familiar at all, like it's constantly mentioned, the dungeon family, it's all because of this basement studio um, in the Lakewood area of Atlanta where all of this stuff was recorded. And I got so excited. Because it to me, it's always a thing I've heard reference or I've seen like old pictures of when you look at like retrospectives about like Atlanta hip hop or Outkast. And uh, apparently uh, Big Boy bought the house back in 2019 and it's like been just renovated now and done up to sort of aesthetically mirror uh, like elements of like Outkast lore. Like there's like a Stankonia, clearly like a reference reference to Stankonia, like painting on the wall and like speaker box love below room type things. But they're going to have three overnight stays, okay, at the house in June or July for only $25 a night because the 25th anniversary of ATLians. Shout out to geriatric millennials. (laughs) Um, Yeah, once it goes live, it's first come, first serve. So I don't know if bots are going to get to it, but I just love this kind of shit because more than like a dope ass fucking luxury hotel, like I'm also kind of interested in like, hey, you want to go to like pop culture like significant places to stay like you know the fucking walter white's house or some shit like that i feel like that's a new wave that's slowly starting to emerge yeah they're i think they're also like putting little trailers like by the love shack that you can like rent out in athens georgia and then i know actually for i i planned my best friend's bachelorette party like eight years ago or something and we rented out fat mike's house in vegas which he'll do for like 30 days at a time he just goes to stay somewhere else or something so it's like it's not cheap because you have to rent the whole month but like it's you know it's like the grotto there's like a weird you know a hot tub underground Wait, who's fat mike mike tyson fat mike of of uh no effects oh Wait. shit yeah it's in vegas right. and yeah I, lo- I love this trend like it's you know, I mean, you can stay in a hotel whenever. It's like being a part of history is really cool. Yeah. And also like just to f- like quite literally, you're in the building with the this energy was exchanged to create these albums. Like in, in the basement, you know, a lot of people, they signed like the rafters and things. And they said all those signatures like are intact. So like when you go there, like you're going to see like when, you know, Andre signed it like in fucking 1995 or some shit. Right. And it's shit's still there. And you're like, this is the fucking space they did it. I don't know. There's something really, I love something like that. And it's the same thing we saw with who was trying to do like, I forget what other huge IP thing they were trying to to rent out. It feels like the Fresh Prince house 
was a thing yeah. they did a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, totally. But a lot of times the exteriors are not the same as the right. interiors, right? Yeah. So, yeah, maybe you would have to, like, carve it up a little bit. Like, this feels like the perfect one because it's not, like, a, a thing that we've seen. We've only, right. like, imagined it in our minds, so... What other house you want to stay? I want to stay at uh, the Soprano house. In, in <laughs> oh, Jersey. yeah. That would um, be I hope. I'm surprised they haven't opened up Paisley Park yet. Like, you can tour, but they haven't rented it out, to my knowledge. That would be right. dope. The Is the Manson house still standing? The, the murder house? The Sh- Sharon Tate murder house? Yeah, someone just bought it, I think. Yeah. Like that, that's what would be the other side of that coin, like as like a dare, if you can like stay in there for a whole night. Oh, yeah. Like you can say uh, like the Shining Hotel is a big one. People yeah. go stay at. You and just that rent looks... that entire thing out with three with your family <laughs> for, like a, <laughs> for your a week wedding. in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> 1.9 million. One, for the Manson house? Yeah. For the Tate? Yeah. That seems cheap for LA right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gruesome murder happened and it got some weird vibes in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it said after eight months on the market, they sold it at a discounted price. Huh. Uh, wait, this yeah, is I the mean... lo- wait, who, who are the LaBiancas? Is that another family that got killed? No, I th- think that might be. Okay. No, that's a se- that's oh, that's not the same. Oh, okay. I'm That's not. not a, I'm not a big house. like murder, murder guy. person, so I don't know. I just know that there's a headline saying the Charles Manson murder house finally. Oh, sells. I think there was another family that got killed. That. Oh, okay. So it was another terrible, gruesome murder. Um, yeah. Where you can now, you your family can grow up. You too can. Yeah, it's probably yeah, not a great I... place to raise a family, but like you could definitely rent it out and like. Yeah, just do like fucking true crime hotel weird shit for people into that. And then just like go in and fuck with people in the middle of the night and it would be legendary. <laughs> like that. Yo, that's what so we are developing a podcast with a YouTube channel that does like haunted house shit. And mm-hmm. like so when you go like watch their videos, they go like on the Queen Mary and like all these different they go to these haunted locations and like the stuff that happens, you're like, Oh, so these people like have a very elaborate like business model like the people who run the hotels where they like do weird shit that is like will freak you out in the middle of the night Mm. yeah oh yeah there's a there's a hotel in tucson hotel congress where they there's one room they never rent out uh, allegedly because it's so haunted but they'll like let you go in there and like hear some shit and mm-hmm. sometimes they're like, well, we're super sold out, so we had to rent the ghost room for cheap. <laughs> oh and God. according to the manager, people never end up staying the whole night. Like, they'll be like, I can do it. I don't believe this shit. And then they end up checking out like two hours later. I, I'm constantly filled with regret over when I moved to Portland. I found this house. It was a three-bedroom house, Victorian, gorgeous. It was right by work, where I was going to work. It was $900 a month in 2012. And I was like, something's up. So I looked (laughs) and there had been a murder-suicide just a couple months before. A couple months. Wow. Yeah. They were renting it at at a discount and it was like in the news and everything. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm too creeped out to live here by myself. And then, you know, three years later, I was like, damn, I could just be renting out the other rooms. I could be Airbnb, 900 a month. Like, yeah, I grew up. In a town, like one of the houses we lived in was like the neighbors that we lived next to were the first family to live there after somebody had killed themselves in that house. And like that was all I could think about. Like when we lived in that house, I was just like, that blew me away. Like I could not. (laughs) In my mind, I thought they destroyed houses people even naturally died in. I don't know. Right. As a kid, I was yeah, like, nobody can live in there now. Like, you have to no, destroy there's the like building. cleaning services and shit. That was my child brain. But it was just, just like, it was the house on the side with a basketball hoop. And every time I, like, missed a shot and it rolled over there, like, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, it's like the I burps. wonder if it was that room. Right. Sardine and pretzel. <laughs> the, I, I will say this. Uh, Amy, this might be relevant to you. Would you be down to go drink at the New Amsterdam? From Mr. Jones was down at the New Amsterdam, staring <laughs> at this yellow. So apparently, it's I'll now go just to any crow's sites. International sports bar. It's it was. I was just reading this thing about this guy. I didn't realize he was working in the bar that used to be the New Amsterdam from Mr. Jones. 
And it's a it's a bar in, I think, the Mission? Or no, it's on Columbus. And it used to be called the New Amsterdam, and it's now called the International Sports Bar. Um, yeah. But if you want to strike up that yellow that. conversation. <laughs> that dang yellow-haired girl. Yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> was one of the Coors Light twins, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing was, he was, I guess, actually in a flamenco group. Like, so that oh, line wow. about the flamenco dancing wasn't uh, just some weird lyrical thing. I was also going to say, it's been too long in Denver <laughs> earlier. Mm, it's been on my mind <laughs> ever been. since. It's been. All right. Let's talk <laughs> about some UAP debunking material. Uh, listener Amanda Price, I think other listeners had shared this podcast with us. Amanda shared the time code that included the relevant interview. Shout out to the lazy and disorganized. Yes, thank you. I need it. Uh, and if you could actually start the video for me, that would be Can great. you play uh, it? Put the thing to my ear so I can hear. <laughs> but so I think they just did a really good job of presenting the information that skeptics are trying to get across. So the videos that they're particularly debunking are the Tic Tac videos, like the one where the people are like, whoa, like we locked right. onto it. We got it. And the person doing the debunking is a former video game programmer who therefore has tons of experience doing 3D modeling. And okay. like, so has a really good sense of like perspective and like what something would look like. And he points out that like broadly for the same reason that Biden, Jimmy oh, that Carter picture, bit, picture looked so <laughs> wild. The lens distortion. Uh, yeah, just like perspective and lens dis distortion. That the Tic Tacs, only look like they're moving extremely fast. And he said that, like, if you look at, so if you look at all of the information that's like uh, contained in the video, it is actually probably way up in the sky. The, the actual Tic Tac is way up in the sky. It looks like it's speeding over the water, but, and I think I got this right, but I'm, he, I think he's saying that the horizon of the water is actually in the foreground. And the Tic Tac is like beyond it. And so as it's moving slowly, it looks like it's speeding over the water. And it's it's not. It's just moving. So what he, is it seeing then? He's basically saying that it's moving the speed of like when you look at how high up it is, that's how fast the wind moves at that level, like with this perspective shift. And he also said it's because... It's a black white uh, infrared targeting camera, and this it's on a, a black hot setting. That the fact that it's white just means that it's extremely cold, and so he's <laughs> saying that it's probably. And this is like the standard answer for all UAPs or UFOs: a uh, weather balloon. But like that, that makes sense. It's big enough to like see at a distance to like create weird perspective distortion and it would kind of look like a Tic Tac at that distance. And the okay. reason that it's like kind of fucking with everybody who looks at it is because the we're looking at it through a camera that is extremely classified that you've like never seen anything through. It's like a targeting. I think it's made by Raytheon. And it's like a targeting camera that is super powerful. And we don't typically see video from those targeting cameras so it's just like not something we're used to looking at so i you know he he definitely presents a compelling case and so my thing is that the tic tac has never been the most compelling like thing for me it's more the eyewitness testimony of that fighter pilot and the two fighter pilots who are in the same plane and for that their explanation just seems to be like there are people who believe in UFOs who work in the military and like are lying, basically. And Damn. that's so we got all these boring ass tech. We still have these boring ass jets and propulsion systems and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> I did an episode of a podcast with Jason Pargin recently from the executive editor from back when I was at Cracked. And he's he's both interested in like paranormal stuff, but also like fully skeptical. So I was I've been like, oh, we got to get you on to like talk about the Tic Tacs. And first of all, he didn't know what I was talking about. But then when I further <laughs> explained, he was like, oh, that story's so annoying. Just because like someone knows how to fly a plane doesn't mean they're not completely full of shit, <laughs> which I was like, huh. 
I guess I can like he's basically saying like there there are people in the Pentagon and in the Air Force who just are lying who want Tom to Delonge believe. is yeah, lying. That's, so that's the thing, Delong or whatever. We he's know that lying. Blink One Eighty Two don't don't lie. So that's the one thing that we can no. kind of point to. But yeah, I don't know. I still, I don't think this like fully debunks it. I just think it, in terms of the Tic Tac videos, I think it is a plausible explanation. Hmm. So Definitely where... brings my enthusiasm down a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I'm also like, I'll always, you know, I'll always believe the truth is out there. So that's just me. Yeah. So the thing that I kind of objected to about the this podcast is called like the Skeptic Podcast or something. Uh, they dismiss the people who like think this stuff is interesting as just being people who like want to have some inside information and like seem smart. And I I don't I think that's like not giving it enough credence. Like I think that's that's how that's what I used to say when I was just like assuming that like we know everything there is to know and uh anything else is stupid and people need to shut up. Like. I feel like it's just too dismissive and not, sure. not I'm, really. Taking I'm always interested interested in people who actively want aliens to exist. Like what? <laughs> Why? Like I need it. I need it. Why need are it. you so passionate? Yeah. I think what I definitely, do you need it for? I have there's... the perspective of like I'm always open to acknowledging that there's things we just don't know. Just yeah. in general, as like a human being, like I, that's I try to have that mindset to be open to like learning things. And not be so like that they're absolutes uh, in terms of like what we can or can't know. And so, yeah, so I think in those instances, I'm like, oh, shit, maybe. But I'm definitely not like, come on, like I'm, I cashed out my 401k and I'm going <laughs> uh, UAV hunting or UAB <laughs> hunting or whatever. UAP hunting. UAB. You're not looking University for of it. Alabama, Birmingham. Yeah, there um, is UAB hunting. <laughs> exactly. I think it I. Like, there's a spiritual aspect to my wanting to believe in it, like the same. I, I think it's akin to people wanting to believe in gods or higher powers. Sexy Jesus. Oh, yeah, okay. So Jesus. your religion is UFOs is what you're saying. I'm not saying that's my religion. Oh, I'm saying okay. that I think there is, like, and it's also, we saw a lot of the really interest and belief in UFOs, like, going up as... People became, I think, less religious and went to church less and less. Like it just creates a like big, vast framework for the universe. And like I could see a version where, you know, if they are friendly aliens who are just deciding not to kill us, which it seems like they could if they had this technology, then we are on a progressive path towards being, oh, so you, you want just to believe in the universe? I, I want to believe in the Star Trek version of the uh, the universe where they're just like they're not quite there yet, but like once they stop killing each other, then we can let them into the club. What if we're just on a germ rock that's utterly fucked? Yeah, <laughs> this is big news. I didn't know Jack was part of the Alien Church, and it's. I mean, I think it's time for you to do my podcast. Church of yeah. You just want there to be something more than this daily sludge that you call your life. Yeah, if I'm (laughs) psychoanalyzing, like, why I'm open to it, I think that's probably at least part of it. Your openness rather than your strict, you're not saying it's your strict belief. Yeah, it's definitely not my strict belief. And I, yeah, I just think it's interesting. And I think it, like, I used to dismiss it because of a assumption that, like, we knew everything there was to know. And I just don't think that's true. Oh, no, that can't be true. I mean, we're very dumb as a species. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the, the, with that as the foundation, then you're like, if that's true, then many other things are possible if we're dumb as fuck on this planet. <laughs> right, right. Well, Amy, it's been such a pleasure having you on the daily zeitgeist uh where can people pleasure's all mine folks where can people find you and follow you and also see you live oh yeah go to amymillercomedy.com i'm gonna be in san diego uh tonight i think friday night yeah yeah this is coming out yeah tonight um i'm doing a tour with johnny pemberton for most of july so we're gonna go yeah to sf and portland and seattle and vegas and 
all kinds of places. Just go to my website and check it out and follow me on Instagram at Amy Miller Comedy. And yeah, yeah. Uh, what's and what star system is that located? In? <laughs> <laughs> all right, asshole. <laughs> no, look, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I just think <laughs> I think people are starting to conflate your openness with being like Jack fucking thinks aliens are like in his yard. He wants to kiss them. He wants I do want to kiss, kiss them. He's, did you see that op-ed, his medium post about forget the VS collective? We're the hot aliens I want to get off to. Yo, and aliens are invited to my shows as well. Just like, hey. please buy a ticket, okay? Hey, yeah, That's no sneaking in the back door, you sneaky fucking Please don't watch from the sky. People think ALF stands for alien life form. It's actually aliens I'd like to fuck. Uh, is okay. what ALF stands for in my book. ALF. 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 Oh, my God. ALF. Those uh, Photoshopped sorry. posters make so much sense now. Yeah. <laughs> ALF is hot. What is a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, well, it's unfortunately a visual one, so you will have to go to my Twitter to find it. Yeah, so there's this picture of a tree that got hit by lightning, and so all of its, like, veins were exposed, and it looks like red noodles, kind of. And Kai Choice, who's one of my favorite follows, you gotta follow Kai, so, so funny, Um, just says, Chef Boyar Tree, and that made me laugh, because <laughs> it does look exactly like SpaghettiOs. <laughs> but yeah, Kai really Choice, K-I-C-H-O-Y-C-E, uh, very, very funny, very funny Twitter. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, Miles of Gray in the Milky Way galaxy on planet Earth, Northern Hemisphere, around 33 degrees in the Los Angeles area. Um, also, my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. If you want to talk 90 Day Fiance, come check that out. Not, not, not that you'll talk about it, but if you want to hear me talk shit about it, that's where you go. Some tweets I like. First one is from at Mancatton, K-A-T-T-A-N. And this is just a little reference to the postseason of basketball. It says, Ben misses a free throw oh, and the crowd goes, aww, like it's an episode of Full House. Oh, and that <laughs> just was, I felt that. It just, oh, it's hard. Can't it's escape hard. this game. I cannot yeah. escape this game. It's, yeah. Uh, You'll be happy to know that I did actually watch this one. Uh, you did? Instead, and the hat was of recording off? It, the hat was off, yeah. Oh, so, my God. See, I'm going to just a, start wearing the hat to... For new listeners and Amy, uh, I have a hat that I stopped wearing because I thought it cursed the 76ers, uh, but <laughs> they are irrevocably thoroughly cursed based on some I feel recent like there, happenings. There is this proximity to like the the perceived divine power we would have as sports fans through like our own singular actions affecting an entire sports team. Like <laughs> does feel like we don't, we're also very open to like alien life. It's like, well, I'm omnipotent also based on my hat use. Yeah, no, it's um, so stupid. It's no, I love it. I mean, I'm the yeah, same yeah. with the guilt that I had about yelling at the Suns after. So I'm like, that's, that's why we lost. Cause I, I went too I went too hard on them after the game. Yeah. <laughs> and another one is from, uh, it's Megan Graves tweeting, I uh, need someone to film an OnlyFans vid with me. You pretend to be a mover, helping me get my things from one apartment to the other. I wear a tiny sundress, and you don't touch me. You just move my things. This does not pay. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. It's solid. <laughs> and so many people were like, where are you located? I'd be down to shoot this video. <laughs> I'm down. Do you still need a oh. camera? Like, legit replies. Of course she has takers. Sup, girl? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see some tweets. Josh Gondelman tweeted, the human body is incredible. If I were designing a person, there's no way I would have thought to put a pancreas in there. I'd have thrown in a fish tank or something like exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Lieb tweeted, body. I'm more of a limb Manuel Samantha. And oh. <laughs> Matt, you did it. <laughs> you son of a you bitch. <laughs> I also liked the Ben misses a free throw tweet. Oh. Then Eric Rahill tweeted, uh, whoever invented the violin is a legend. It sounds so good. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds good. It's beautiful. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our Footnotes, where we link off to the information 
that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song we think you might enjoy checking out. Miles, what song should they go check out? You know, going into this uh, Juneteenth weekend, uh, let's do this track from Sans Soucis. S-A-N-S space S-O-U-C-I-S. She is an artist from England. And this like track is like very Bobby McFerrin-y because it's a lot of layered vocal parts in harmony with each other, but like with really nice production underneath. So it makes for a very soothing, easy listening. Also, I, I thought that at first this person was named after a bar on Harsons Island in Michigan it's called San Susi, but that's a different thing completely. So I messed that up. But anyway, check this track out. I'm on. I would love it if people went and checked it out and it was just a really straightforward college acapella group track. (laughs) And I'm on one. Like, whoa, what the fuck? What the fuck? I'm getting so thrown. All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.